0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch the Show where we make fun of movies that we haven't seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley and I am Albert. It has been too long since we recorded, Brantley.
1: Yeah, work is a thing.
0: Work and vehicle problems are a thing. But before we get into the meat of the episode, I did want to report back to everybody that I watched 976 Evil 2. <laughs> The Astral Factor. <laughs> These are all this. This is still the title of the movie, apparently. Um, and it was like really good for, I, I guess, like caveat for what it was. Right. But it was I was surprised. That's at how the one much where I the guy it.
1: can turn invisible and walk through walls, right?
0: Yes. Because so, of the
1: phone call with Satan.
0: Right. So what Satan, first of all, let's talk about Satan. So this is a little mini review. It's the voice of Satan is like actually a really cool, sort of DJ um, upbeat kind of sounding guy. It's like very, someone you would call on those kind oh of. Oh yeah, us. it's like you've called nine seven six evil for your horrific horoscope. The you know anybody everything rhymes, and like he'll still say things like that are menacing to the people through the rhyme, but he never stops being upbeat about how he's talking.
1: Also, uh, that's part of the fun of the how the phone call works i think i didn't watch either movie but it was like the first one made it sound like it was this
0: gimmicky halloween thing kind of yeah yeah so it makes like you would call them up and you would get your horoscope and it would but like it actually ends up turning real yeah. the dude able to walk through walls that's an astral projection which is a oh, plot point that that explains title comes back around <laughs> there's also a great element of that where his they 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 say this in the explanation of how astral projections work, that when you astral project, your visage is affected by how your soul is. So he, like, in his normal body is normal, at least for most of the movie. But when he astral projects, like, his face is all messed up. There's, like, pus and stuff everywhere. It still looks like him, but he's evilized. And then as the movie progresses, his actual physical body starts becoming evilized. Okay. because of the astral projecting. There's an amazing scene with the character that literally appears for just this scene, but it's still great, where th- the main girl character is watching TV with her girlfriend, uh, and they're doing the argument between, like, I want to watch horror. I want to watch a happy movie. And the happy movie, in this case, is It's a Wonderful Life, and the horror is Night of the Living Dead. Oh. So they've, th- they set this up by having them, like, playfully switching back and forth between Night of the Living Dead and... And it's a wonderful life. And the evil guy, the the main girl leaves the room to go get popcorn. The evil guy pops up on screen as a tele, like not a telemarketer. What would you call it? Like somebody who's pitching a product. Spokesperson. Yeah. uh, You know, Willie Mays here for the universal remote. And he like he's selling universal remote. And then she's like, Professor or Dean, like, because they know who it is, mm-hmm. the Dean of the college where they both go. And she's like, Is that Dean so and so? And he looks right out of the television and he's like, Yes, it is. <laughs> and like, zaps her into the movie. It's a wonderful life. They, since it's the, I think it's 1990 this came out, there's no like CGing her into the background of a shot, but they do a great job of like cutting between footage from the original movie and then her in the back of the crowd kind of looking around like, Oh, this is really cool. And then at like something turns and the crowd like all turns to look at her and they're zombies <laughs> and it's, it's such a great surreal moment. It's, it's got a great, great soundtrack. It's, I mean, it's wonky in that kind of way that those movies from the era would have been, but it's still, I, I was legitimately surprised and really enjoyed every minute of it. And if you even, if you do nothing else in relation to this movie, go check out the soundtrack, truck down which is the showdown in a truck and against a motorcycle at the end of the movie spoilers okay. but yeah that's not what this show is about though apparently no this show is about movies we haven't seen uh and we had last left off with super roboto red doll baron i i it was super robot red baron I, I i think i wasn't like they legitimately do call it like that but yeah. anyway um
1: Japanese word for robot is roboto.
0: Yes. Comes from the Polish word for drudgery. I thought it was for uh, slavery, I thought? Yeah, kind okay. of both. Is that one of those etymologies that people are like see and they're like slaves and then it was sort of just like actually it's not that direct. Yeah, it was
1: meant that it was for like the crappy work that we would make someone a slave do, but they're not alive, so there's like no moral there. Like
0: but maybe golems? don't give them
1: the concept of self and make them, you know, clean toilets.
0: Is that a danger that we have, by the way? We're like, we're going to develop AI that can do all this great stuff for us. If the AI gets good enough, does it necessarily then develop, like, a sense of self?
1: I mean, there's that, but it's... In all these movies, there are always, like, robots in really menial labor that, for some reason, still have that level of AI. Oh, yeah. It's like, your Roomba doesn't need to be able to recite Shakespeare to you or just,
0: you know, debate what it means. Oh, no. This is is another detour from the actual episode, but (laughs) I have to say... <laughs> my son and other foster children have watched recently the movie Robots that uh-huh. my mom bought. Like their grandma was like, oh, I bought this cute movie. It's cute. Is that movie. The one
1: with uh, Rum Williams in
0: it. It might be him. I couldn't tell. Is there uh, there was like a voice. A I, about... I didn't watch the whole thing okay. all the way through. I all I watched was enough to see. Enough to be like, what, how does this world work? Yeah. Cause they have like the concept of gender and parents. <laughs> I thought we ordered a boy. Yeah, I've seen that movie. It's a good movie. Uh, and well, but then like they're, like, he gets hand me down parts from his cousin who's oh. a girl, and I can't figure that out. Cause he grows right and then he makes another robot which the uh, like everybody just kind of treats like it is in fact a sentient baby robot that he's just made out of parts yeah so why does he need a mom and a dad and a nuclear family because he's a robot Cause they want to raise him okay
1: and also that it comes that has the best part a joke in the movie where he arrives in a box and he's like don't worry dear making the baby's the best part
0: okay that's a pretty good it's such a good joke <laughs> what i'm saying is (laughs) if you delve into there's a lot of questions yeah it's like the car's
1: world or they
0: don't do as much like there aren't children in the car's world
1: that i can remember i think as disney or pixar was like we don't want to go
0: into that yeah but i mean that's the right call i think I, i i could be wrong i've seen all the movies you know, In Cars, the
1: first one, there is that gag with the bugs on the ceiling. They're little BMWs. Yeah. And that raises questions. Subscribe <laughs> to the Pixar theory. This all makes sense, though.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and, and life is a prequel to Venom and Jar Jar Banks' is Emperor Snoke. And yeah, it goes on. Ant-Man's going to fly up Thanos' butt and explode him. Thanos, you got to know, Thanos does some kegel exercises. Ant-Man's not going to be able to explode him. Okay. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about Super Robot Red Baron now that we are nine minutes into the episode. We can cut most of that. (laughs) I'm not cutting any of that. I think we left off with Fierce Gambit Uranium Mine in the mist. We did that one. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to skip over Counter-Strike, the destruction beam, because it's just like... Counter-Strike's a good game. The SSI has its hands full trying to find operators of a destructive ray that is giving Deviler's Laylors Robot the upper hand in its battle with the Red Baron.
1: I think we already did that one too.
0: Cool. Well, we're going to move on to the one I know we didn't do because it's great. <laughs> the beautiful assassin. Okay. Mary, or Marie, Mari, M A R I, finds a really big thorn in the dozen roses she gets for her birthday a needle. Injecting her with the microscopic transmitter. Now, if you'll recall, what, what? This is obviously a plot from the evil villain Doctor Devler. Is he going to President. President? Yes, President Professor Devler. Yes. I remember <laughs> what, that much. What do you think President Devler is going to try to do? Turn her into a slave, or steal? He's going to compel her to do something. Or both. That compels her to do Devler and the Iron Alliance's bidding. This was his first two episodes. I guess he's like had enough time off where he's like, maybe that'll work again. <laughs> it didn't work. It's not going to work, Devler. Next up, bet your life on one shot. Or bet your life on one shot. What? That's By the way, that's terrible advice. Don't bet your life on a single shot. There's so many shots you can take. Bet like... A tenth of your life. See, what you don't understand is On many, many shots. You're not a shonen protagonist.
1: Okay. And the shonen protagonist, he tries everything. It doesn't work. Then his friends give him a speech about the power of friendship. And then he puts all his power into one single attack. And it always works.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's a bad life lesson. (laughs) When Deviler finds out that Dr. Adagiri... Is returning to Japan to build a robot that is more powerful than Red Baron. Right on. He decides to take care of this problem. Why is that a problem? I guess Adagiri's not on his side? That or pride. I don't know why he doesn't... Why doesn't he give Dr. Adagiri 12 roses with the hidden needle and take over his mind? Uh, No, but he decides to take care of this problem by brainwashing Tetsua into assassinating Dr. Adagiri. Okay. I don't know why you don't just skip to, I, I mean, legitimately, brainwash Dr. Adagiri. If you can do this, and we've seen repeatedly that you can, it never works, but you can, in fact, turn people into your mind slaves. <laughs> in fairness, this is the first time they've
1: described how his mind control works, that it's a transfer injected.
0: You think that it's always that that he always has to be close enough to the maybe I
1: was assuming it was just like hypnotism or like a mind control ray. Okay, but now
0: it's just like he has to put a transmitter in you somehow. Okay, I guess so. He, so this guy's got like way better security than probably the regular just a person. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, "Well, he, we can get to him and inject him and then blow him up." Yeah. Next up, we have Enigma of the Invulnerable Robot. Which is a cool name, but not as cool as this description of the episode, which starts off with a toy robot becomes a problem the size of Red Baron. All right. When Deviler replaces the robot that Daisuku's preparing repairing for his little brother with a duplicate. So Ken and Red Baron receive the wrong information on how to destroy Deviler's bull robot. That was all one sentence. Like, from beginning to end? and I don't know... So I get that a toy robot becomes a problem the size of Red Baron. And then it says, it does that... Do you think that's literal? Or is oh, it just, like, so.
1: tiny and indestructible, so also somehow super strong?
0: And it's gonna fly up the Red Baron's butt and expand. Get away from that concept. <laughs> Stop it. But
1: I just like the idea of he's in this giant robot... But he has to pursue this tiny toy robot that's indestructible. So it's like the beginning of Pacific
0: Rim 2, but more so. Yes. And probably entertaining. I like that. That Okay. That sequence was really good. It was. Okay. Whether or not you like the whole movie, I think that part of the movie, at least I could argue, was a, was a cool spin on the concept of giant robot versus... Also, I thought it did a really great job of like hammering home how big they are. Mm-hmm. Because you see her climb into this robot that's, like, five times taller than her. It's a big thing. And, and then, then she's, like, foot size. Yeah, there's, like, the the big Jaegers coming after her that are just, like, even more huger than that. Mm-hmm. Even more huger. I've, I've spoken English my entire life. Yeah. And I know that that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, Language evolves. <laughs> Next up, the foretold trap.
1: Well, that's a
0: terrible trap, then.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Or the people going into it are very stupid. Yeah. Be like walking walk into a place that said, warning, bear traps, and then, oh no, a trap for
0: bears. Speaking of traps, I got to say, I'm listening to an uh, audiobook book uh, about the biography of Hannibal. I say biography, the it's an account of his invasion of, uh, you know, of Italy. And first off, everybody talks about Hannibal and his elephants, they die like... This is Hannibal first. of Carthage, by the way, not Hannibal Lecter. yes. I mean, Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal Trainer would be great also, but no. The, like, almost <laughs> all the animals... To bring in people. <laughs> anyway, sorry. All of the elephants die basically immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he's known for. Is like, man, elef- uh, elephant. Uh, Hannibal ro- rolled into e- Italy with all these elephants. That's his main achievement. The elephants were a bad idea.
1: No, yeah, everybody told him it was bad. And
0: he's like, now we're doing it anyways. And he got, like, I think it was, like, five elephants... That wasn't really the, the thing that I, I, that made me think of that though in this description the idea of a trap was that the guy who's in charge of Rome at the time sort of gets news of Hannibal on, has an understanding of how good he is at battle and he's like I'm not that good. You know what? I can just run away and i can run away for longer than you can chase me <laughs> and that's essentially how rome wins right they like the only way they can beat hannibal and this is the strategy essentially from the beginning is they just avoid fighting him and try to deny him any kind of like uh you know supplies or whatever like they do the uh russians retreating into the the continent destroying the farms and everything behind them as they go and that's like I haven't got to the end of the book, but I know the story, and I know that's how they defeat him. They like cannibals tricky, and he lays all these traps. And they're just like, we're just not gonna go where your traps are, man. <laughs> we're just gonna stay away. Anyway, and not that has nothing to do with Robot Red Baron. It's a very heavy digression episode. Ken Kunari or Kunanai always happens Kuninai? whenever we get back to it. <laughs> yes, has just been tracked down by his fellow SSI agents and killed. By Captain Dago what did he do what's wrong with Ken what's wrong with okay well he did now then Ken wakes up in a cold sweat oh but Deviler knows all about Ken's nightmare somehow give it
1: to him he has mind control stuff also did we did he ever get rid of that robot version of his brother or is that thing just hanging around?
0: Well, they, so these are like little, you know, teaser synopses, so they don't give you the whole, whole episode. But I'm going to assume that guy's not just still out there kicking it. Because for, for one thing, we know his name. It's... Oh, wait. Do we? Yeah. Ken Kinshira. is the main dude. Yeah. Ken and then
1: like Kinshiro or something.
0: Yeah. So I think we would be... We know about him. But Deviler knows all about Ken's nightmare and is about to turn it into reality. Which is... I wish we had more details on this. If you had... Like, the idea that he's going to have to fight his own organization, like, that's a cool trope, right? Right. You know, that's basically every Mission Impossible movie. They're like, you know, the impossible mission force is being disbanded because it has the stupidest name ever. Never
1: seen any of those movies.
0: The the actual name of the, the, like, the top a high government organization Tom that Tom group, yeah. Cruise works for is the Impossible Mission Force. Of course it is. They don't say it out loud very often. They usually just say IMF. Didn't it start in like the 90s? It started in the 60s. Okay,
1: then yeah, that'd be, yeah. It was serious at the time, though. Like, is so it? was Batman. <laughs> no,
0: Batman was not. Come on.
1: No, Batman was not. The guy who played Commissioner Gordon is convinced it was a serious show.
0: Or was convinced. I mean, I've seen now. the movie, and I know it's not So serious have I. Movie. So have I. But he, is, he would disagree vehemently. I will. I, I'm glad to have that disagreement with
1: him. <laughs> it's a serious show about law enforcement. He wears a bad costume, <laughs>
0: and he can't get rid of a bomb because ducks. <laughs> yes. No. It's, I, the, that would be the, so the dude who plays Commissioner Gordon can say that. If the director comes to me and says that, I'm going to spit in his face. <laughs> Despite the fact that he made a delightful movie. Next up, we have Iron Alliance Fugitive E16. Okay. Yeah. That one's, I don't know. I like that one. Okay. I like either one of those individually. Yeah. Like Iron Alliance, cool name. Fugitive E16, cool name. Together, it's just sort of maybe a little It sounds
1: much. like a one-off, like, OVA movie rather than just an episode title. Okay. At least from Japan.
0: The SSI team must find and protect a human slave that has escaped from the Iron Alliance before the Iron Alliance does. <gasps> it makes sense now. And I gotta say that, well, co- so it's, he's a fugitive from uh, the Iron Alliance. He's got, like, a number instead of a name. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, we've been hearing about him trying Professor to make mind slaves. President Devler making out slaves this whole time. But the fact that that is actually, like, his whole shtick and the basis for his power and his alliance and everything. Like, that he has lots and lots of people under his mind control and he's using them on the reg. That's... Uh, that's enlightening Mm -hmm. i don't think we've actually gotten that from the series before now but it makes him a much more interesting villain than just guy who has big robot that can't beat up up other big robot but somehow is still in charge
1: multi-nuanced villainy
0: yeah okay so the human slave has escaped from the iron alliance and they have to find and protect him before the iron alliance does wait what
1: well, I'm gonna read this sentence. I think it's they have to find and protect him before the final the Iron Alliance finds, finds him. and protects him. Yeah, I know.
0: For the same reason. So it goes on the SS. I'm gonna read this whole sentence just because it's ridiculous. The SSI team must find and protect a human slave that escaped from the Iron Alliance before the Iron Alliance does. For the same reason, he may have information on Devler's plans of attack that uses nerve gas that part should have gone before the find and protect. I think so. Yes. And then the find
1: and protect should have been a different sentence. <laughs> I,
0: I agree. Brantley. <laughs> I think that that is an accurate assessment of this. I, I feel like the person who wrote this is sort of dedicated to keeping them maybe to two sentences, but trying for one and it does not work for all the information they're trying to cram in there. Like they use a lot of colons as well. Hmm. as breaks in sentences and they're not always 100% colons or semicolons no colons okay. like in this one it's uh he has to find it before the iron alliance does for the same reason colon and here's the reason he may have information on the devilers attack plans of attack that uses nerve gas i'm, I'm gonna excuse the fact that they uses is the wrong verb there but i mean it's the right verb but in the wrong tense i think wrong voice something it's wrong <laughs> this sentence is bad. It's a bad sentence is what I'm saying. Go to your room. <laughs> the fact that I can't form my own sentence about it being bad does not negate the <laughs> badness of the sentence. Next up we have A Tale Written by the Devil. Ooh. After a girl saves bicycle inspector Kumano. <gasps> bicycle inspector. Yay. After he is trapped in a cave. After oh. he granted her No, I'm sorry. The- again, <laughs> sentence construction weird. After she saves him, after he's trapped in a cave, he grants her her fondest wish. So he's a genie now. Well, her fondest wish was to be able to fly. So I guess.
1: I mean, he is a cop. Maybe he can just get her in a helicopter. And he knows the protagonist. Maybe he can just get her, her in the robot.
0: The fact that the bicycle inspector is a main character in <laughs> the show and has not been killed yet, I'm I'm actually on the side of him. Definitely some kind of supernatural being. <laughs> I think she's just going to fly around and punch the the super devilers robot now or she's evil, but the girl may be the key for deviler to be finally able to destroy destroy Red Baron once and for all, which I will point out does not make sense if she's just going for a ride in a helicopter.
1: Accurate. Except he except he can mind control people and she now has an insight on the organization. Which he's already tried, like, 15 times, but... I, yeah. I guess
0: now he knows about this one random cop who rides a bicycle around. <laughs> he hasn't noticed him yet. <laughs> well, this guy is part of the... Yeah, so, like...
1: Boss, we've been seeing him, like, every third day. I- why did no one tell me? We thought you knew. He stands out. He's a cop on a bike. We don't know why he's here.
0: How does he keep surviving these? <laughs> now, see,
1: that's the question, sir.
0: <laughs> I think we're gonna wrap the episode with this one. There is, there are more episodes, but I don't know why, because this episode is titled "Behold, the End of Red Baron." Hmm. I guess they get a new robot later on That's in the fair. season, but Red Baron Mark II or V two or some letter two. The Blue Baron. <laughs> I don't know what's the, next up from a, a Baron uh, in the ranking, Duke. Yeah, the the Red Duke, Blue Duke.
1: Nah, that sounds wrong. Somehow. I don't know That's, why. It sounds sexual. <laughs> does it?
0: I think so. Does it? I <laughs> uh, Yeah. Okay. i say that it does. Okay. You do you, bud. I don't judge. I didn't say
1: I was interested. Yeah, I, let's Look, you don't have to defend yourself here. Just After the place. rest <laughs> of the SSI
0: team are called to the woods. Okay.
1: The woods. This Come is Japan, to- <laughs> so probably the woods around Mount Fuji, the suicide forest. Uh, okay.
0: Okay. Is that
1: the only woods they have? There's a couple islands, and they were mostly forest at one point, so no, but that's
0: the most famous one. Okay. Anyway, they're called there by Daisuku after Mari was apparently eaten by the giant snake she was investigating. Oh, that's also sexual. They see Red Baron being beaten and destroyed. Okay. Has Devler finally achieved the impossible... And since that's the end, we're just going to have to assume the answer is yes. But there's more episodes, so
1: no. He built a fake robot to destroy to demoralize everyone.
0: I think (laughs) since they saw Mari being eaten by a snake, that's a giant snake. And that definitely didn't happen, right? That that raises... Yeah, that's... This is not something that this show is going to do is kill off, like, major good guy characters. I can tell. Other than the first character... Well, he wasn't a major character at that point. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, that's all we have for this episode. We've spoiled a bunch of stuff for you. <laughs> we talked about 976, evil to the astral factor. And giant robots. And giant robots, which needed to be in there. There could have been some giant robots in there. They had like weird ghost fights because there was other people who ended up astral projecting in that. Anyway, good movie. Check that out if you guys have time. I would also probably recommend, if you can figure out where it is, check out some episodes of this Red Baron show. It sounds crazy, but also kind of fun. We haven't done that yet, though. So that'll have to be for the future. Speaking of the future, if you want to continue to hear these, make sure you subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you love us, you should really, really go to iTunes and leave us a review. We're told that that is a big help to us. We thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys Next week with another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch. Bye, guys. Bye.